0: we all have dreams but dreams by their very nature can be difficult to achieve that's where access credit union comes in whether it's going to college owning a car or building your dream home your local credit union can help you to fulfill your dreams access credit union funding dreams for over 50 years
1: close your eyes and pull like <laughs> a
2: And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. No feeling, can't wait,
0: no more.
3: And now, he urges the way to go and try and seal the deal in a champion hour. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever.
2: Hello and welcome to the Star Sport podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star, and I'm joined as always by Star Sport editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. The Star Sport podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union funding dreams for over 50 years. As soon as one championship season ends, another begins. On Sunday at Park Nemo Rangers came out on top in the 2020 Premier Senior Football Championship with a win over Castlehaven. But there's little time to digest it as the action from the 2021 championship is coming thick and fast this weekend. On today's podcast, we're focusing on the Senior A grade and previewing the clash of Bandon and O'Donovan-Rossa in Balnescarity at 6 o'clock on Saturday in a few moments we'll be joined by Skipperines, Daniel Hazel and Bandon's Mark Shogrow to preview the game later in the podcast we're going to be looking ahead to the Irish offshore rowing championships which are being hosted by Bantry Rowing Club this weekend and we'll hear from Dermid Murphy and Andrew Hurley of the organizing committee but Kieran I mentioned at the top Castlehaven's loss to Nemo on Sunday, you were in situ at Cork GAA HQ. What did you make of the game? It finished Nemo three seven to Castlehaven's thirteen points. That
3: old cliché that goals win games. rang through at Parky Creeve last Sunday. Uh, Nemo Nemo got three goals. Did he get four goal chances and they took three of them? Like it was clinical, and um, Castlehaven created very, very few goal chances. I can't think of any offhand. There was one actually to start of the second half uh, when Cotton McGuire was in trouble with the ref and blew it back for a, a foul further out. Um, Nemo were the better team on the day. They were um, they were just just a, a better outfit. They raced into 1-4 to 1-point to lead inside the first quarter and Haven were on the back foot straight away and they expended huge energy to get back to it in a point at the start of the second half. But that's when Luke Connolly struck for the first of his two goals in in that second period, and Haven are always chasing the game. They're always playing catch up. They could never, they could they could never draw level, um, or or even push a, a point in front. And um, so impressed by Paul Kerrigan, really had a good game the last day, Jack. He's he's turning thirty five later this year, but he rolled back the years. Um, he was the best player on the show there. Um, set up Connolly's two goals, kicked the first two points himself, set up the last two points. Generally, just ran the show for for sections of the game. So, I don't have any crams about the winners. Like, Nemo, War, what a better team. And just there's some club for winning county titles. I think that's 22 now. It's back to back titles. They're four since 2015. Like,
2: they're they're just a county title winning machine. Yeah, you mentioned Paul Kerrigan there. And the old adage is that the first thing to go is your pace. But one thing is for certain Kerrigan's pace is still there. In bucket loads because when he turned on the afterburners, there was no one in the Castlehaven back six that could keep up with him and his accuracy shooting points is just a thing of beauty to watch. When he takes on a shot, you kind of already know in your heart that he's going to find... The black spot. So yeah, he was extremely impressive, and as you said, I think was it a record equaling or record breaking uh, yeah. number of county title wins he's after securing now.
3: No, He's won nine county uh, senior football titles, which is which is a record. Like that's incredible. and he's forced back in two thousand and five. So he's he's now won as many county senior football titles as West Cork's most successful ever senior football club, Clanachilti, who've also won nine titles. But that's Nine titles by Klan over their entire history. And Kerrigan has ha, has racked up nine since two thousand and five, which which is incredible. Um, he mentioned his pace there, like he think about park Cream. It's such a big open pitch. You know, thinking a fellow okay, 34, turning 35 in a couple of months' time. Um, uh, maybe a big pitch like that won't suit him. But he was eating up the ground. And even towards the end of the the game, when he was gassing a bit, he was just down in front of us, um, down in front of us uh, and you could see almost kind of he was on a hard over trying to get his breath but once he got the ball back then he's all that experience just to pick a pass and he yeah. like I said he set up the last two points I think it was um, Barry O'Driscoll and James McDermott he just clever again and even look at Kerrigan's passes for Connolly's two goals like, so just really clever passes but not not only that not only can he spot the pass but he can execute it as well it's just uh, there's a lesson there for for a load for everyone watching, just a kind of a, a model pro. But um, Castlehaven, it's that one that got away. It, it, it's not one that got away from them. Like they didn't deserve to win the last day. They were they're were off the pace a bit. Um, good feeling for them in some regards because they only got the Cahillands back in training just last Wednesday night. So what, four or five days out from the game. So that's Damien, Connor and Jack who, who have been hurling predominantly for the last 12 months. So from the last time, that Haven played in the championship, the three Cahillans have all gone through two inter-county hurling championships each, um, Jack at under 20, and then Damien and Connor with the the Cork seniors. So Haven didn't have a settled team coming into it. And you could see that in that opening quarter, they looked like a team trying to find their feet and get to know each other again. And that's when they slipped six points behind. But like I said, credit to them. They got back. They got it back to a point. Um, Brian Hurley, even though he wasn't moving as freely, um, as he usually is, but that's obviously because of the hamstring injury that, that he's been suffering with. He still kicked eight points, and he was um he was our leading light. You'd you'd wonder what a fully fit Brian Hurley would have done if the Brian Hurley that we saw down in Clarny that day that ripped Kerry apart in those first fifteen minutes. If if Haven had him inside there, um, what could he have have done to that Haven defense, that Nemo defense? Um, but like I said I don't think they live any qualms they they know they came up short they know where they came up short too like they had nine second half whites and some of them are pretty poor as well so they've um, they've plenty to work on ahead of the new championship but they don't have any time to feel sorry for themselves either
2: Yeah well it was an entertaining game it was great to see uh, at least some fans back in the stadium I think there was around 3,000 there was a good atmosphere and as you mentioned there's no time to waste because the new championship gets underway in Just a matter of a few days. And as I said, we're going to focus on Bandon and Skibbereen on this week's podcast. But before we do, just one more story I think that's worth touching on at the top of the show. And that is Sheffield United's newest signing. And that is, of course, Bandon's Conor Howrahan. He signed a season-long loan, Kieran. And what do you think this means for Conor's career going forward? It seems like a good move, considering the fact that there is a strong Irish contingent at Bramall Lane. There's obviously... Dizzy McGoldrick, there is Enda Stevens John Egan, I'm sure there's another one or two that I'm forgetting but their bottom or second bottom of the championship, five games played no wins but from Connor's perspective he's going to play a lot of football
3: 100% um... I know he kept in Villa in the the Carabao Cup against Barrow last week um, but that was his first appearance of the season for for Villa and if if, if truth be told he's not going to play many minutes for Villa in the Premier League this year he was on the bench right for the last two league games but he never came on so he wants to play first team football he's 30 years of age now, he's turning 31 in February. So, like there's only a, a certain amount of he knows that that window to play at the at the highest level only lasts a certain amount of time. So he wants to play minutes. And he should get those at Sheffield United. Um they've obviously they were relegated from the Premier League last season, so they're they're down in the championship. And think they haven't started the season well. Like you said, I think they have two points after after five games. But there's a good team there and it's a good club. So it seems like a good fit for Connor. And uh, it's a season-long loan deal. And he's also in the last year of his contract with Aston Villa. So what it mean, so like he's not going to play for Aston Villa again, but come next summer, he'll be a free agent. So he'll have almost the power in his own hands to decide what the next move for him will be. So from from the outside looking in, looks looks quite a good move. He's going to a good solid club. Um would, like I said, there are a lot of Irish lads there who he'll know pretty well. They have a good pedigree. They should shoot up that championship table once they find their feet. It's probably obviously been relegated as a setback, and um, they've uh, they need to get going again, and, and they will. Connor will play minutes that will help him with Ireland too. Um, if he wants to keep his place with that Ireland starting team, so it looks it looks a good move, yeah, good move for Connor.
2: And before he gets to Bramall Lane, he's obviously got a big game on Wednesday night. Down in the Algarve as Ireland take on Portugal in a World Cup qualifier in Faro. Manchester United's newest signing, Cristiano Ronaldo, is looking to break the all-time record for international goals scored. He's got Ireland trying to stop him, which I find hard to envision. But Connor is likely to start as Ireland look to get their campaign back on track. So that's Wednesday night. We'll be... Fingers and toes crossed that he can do the business down there, that Ireland can sneak a point or at least keep the score respectable and don't get into a position where we're going to miss out on a chance to qualify for a World Cup because we conceded 10 and miss out on goal difference or something to that effect. But anyway, let's leave the soccer chat there for now. And coming up after the break, we're going to talk to O'Donovan Ross's Daniel Hazel ahead of their Senior A Championship Opener with Bandon this weekend.
0: The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union. Funding dreams for over 50 years.
2: On Saturday at 6pm in ballon O'Donovan Rossa take on Bandon in the opening round of the Senior A Football Championship. In a few moments we're going to hear from Skibbs, Daniel Hazel and Bandon's Mark Shogrow. And Kieran, this is this is a massive game to get the season underway for both sides. Big West Cork derby. Both of them will have ambitions to go deep in this year's championship. Um, maybe before we go too deep into that game itself, what are some of the other key points that people should be looking out for this weekend as the championship gets up and running? There are some huge games this weekend. This is a county
3: football championship weekend. So I will have a quick look at the, at the Premier Senior Football Championship first on... On Saturday in Bandon at 2pm, it's Carbery Rangers against Aero Ogue. And that's going to be a very exciting game, Jack, because Aero Ogue are the are the new boys at the Premier Senior Grade. They're the Senior A Football Champions. So it'll be very interesting to see how Aero Oak get on against Carbery Rangers. And also in that group on Saturday at four o'clock, Castlehaven take on Newstestown in Clonakilty. Castlehaven are coming off the, the back of that last to Nemo Rangers in the final last weekend. Newtown will be waiting in the long grass to try and spring a surprise. So that will be a very interesting game as well. Um, other local games to look forward to this weekend as on Sunday, again, in the Premier Senior Football Championship, another West Cork derby. It's Clonacilty against Ireland Rovers in Ross Carberry at 2pm. And th- that game will be, that's what I'm looking forward to as well because Clonacilty, I consider like a sleeping joint of club football there's some really really good players there so it would be interesting to see how they kick their their season off Did at the senior A football grade I know we're going to be having a quick chat about O'Donovan Ross and Bandon quite soon but also in in that same group um this weekend on Sunday it's Ballingiri against Donnie's in Kilmichael at 2pm so that's another another good game to look forward to Bantry Blues also kick off their senior A football championship campaign on Sunday they, they can Clyde Rovers In Kilmurray At 4 uh, Sorry At 2 p At uh, 2pm as well Yeah So there's, there's a lot of games there And even going down to the Premier Intermediate Football And Intermediate Grades there, There's a lot going on So it's going to be A very very busy weekend
2: Okay well let's switch Our focus then To the game we're going to Chat about And it's Bandon against London Van Rossa In Balna At 6pm on Saturday As I mentioned We're going to hear from Inside both camps in just a moment But Kieran, Just give us Your own thoughts On both these sides What are they looking to do In the Championship this year?
3: O'Donoghue and Ross Of course They got to the semi Finals Last year And they lost to Era O who to beat Mallow And are now up to the Premier Senior Grade uh, when Skibber looking back at that semi final against Aero Oak, they kind of look back with a bit, bit of regret because they know they didn't play as well as, as they could. And they've seen now what Aero Oak have gone on to achieve. So, Dunferrasa at the outset of this senior football championship will be one of the, the favourites, one of the teams to watch. And having spoken to the people involved in the other three teams in the group that's Bandon, Ballingerie, and Donies they all see rasa as the team to beat in this group. So there's a bit of pressure on Skib because there is that expectation that they'll go deep into this championship. Um, they have the players, there's some really good players there. They have that experienced cohort with the likes of Daniel, ha- Daniel Hazel, uh, Ryan Price, Dunlourke Hodnett, Dave Shannon, uh, Pauly Crowley, Kevin Davis, and then they have some younger players as well who've come on board the last couple of years and who've really driven it forward like Rory Byrne, Dylan Horahan and and, and a couple of more. So they've a lovely blend there right now. I know they have a couple of injury worries. A few fellas are out for the season. A few fellas will be missing for, for for this weekend's game against Bandon. But this is this is quite a good skip team. And what I liked about them last year is that they won games that they normally would have lost. Um, I was there the day they beat Bellinger. It was a, just a horrible day, a really wet, horrible day. And in past years, maybe there was a frailty to skip teams that they wouldn't have won these games that they were expected to win, but they dug out a win that day in horrible conditions. And I came away that day thinking, okay, maybe there's something different about this Skibereen team. And they won all their group games. They won a cracker against St. Michael's. So. I think they're in a good place going in, barred a couple of injuries that, that they have, because the mentality has changed there, um, that they're now able to, I suppose, carry that expectation and pressure um, better than they have before. Um, they'll be expected to beat Bandon this Saturday, so it's how they deal with that. Bandon, on the other hand, will be looking to get out of the, the group stage as well. There wouldn't be the same pressure and expectation on Bandon. They've lost a couple of of key experienced players like James O'Donovan, who's been a stalwart of Bandon G.A. for so many years. Um, just on James, he's true to the, the Cork Road Bowling Senior Final, and that's this weekend as well. So best luck look to James O'Donovan there. He's looking to finally bring home the big one in the Senior Road Bowling, but Bandon will miss him. Like He was the leader of that defence. He, he he called the shots back there, um, to just a big figurehead, and he leaves a hole in in, in that team for both Skib and Bandon, getting a win in that first group game is so, so important because it can just kind of kickstart a bit of momentum and set you up for the for the next couple of games. Lose that first game and you're on the back foot um, straight away. Though Daniel Hazel, we'll point out here, we'll listen to him quite soon. Era Oak lost their first group game last year. It didn't work out too bad for them. They're now up in the premier senior grade. So um, it's just great to have two local teams, two big towns as well, reading and guilty, two huge West Cork towns clashing in a huge... Senior A Football Championship opener though you'd have to think Skib, given what we saw from them last year and the talent that they have, should prevail here.
2: Okay, well let's hear from inside the camps now, as we've mentioned, we're going to hear from Bandon's Show Group, but first Skibber Daniel Hazel We're
3: joined now on the podcast by our Donovan Ross's Daniel Hazel, to look ahead to Skib's big game this weekend their Senior A Football Championship opener against Bandon in Bendisgarth, Saturday evening, 6 o'clock. Um, welcome to the podcast, Daniel.
4: Thanks so much, Karen. Glad to be here. First first time on it. For
3: first to mini, first of was, um, <laughs> here, I don't know about that. We're here now, right? It's, it's, it's the Monday of a championship week. We're a couple of days out from, from this West Cork derby against Bend. And like I said earlier, it's, it's the championship opener. What's it like the week of a championship game? Like, What's the run-up to, to, to this Saturday going to be like for, for you and the game
4: what is it like? I think, look, I'm, I'm probably towards the end of my career now. I, I earned 30 a couple of weeks ago. So how I approach games now is vastly different to how I would approach them as a 21, 22, 23-year-old. You know, look, at this stage, all the hard work is done. All your fitness work is done. All of your ball work is done. You've, done, you've played all your games. This week is just about, you know, controlling what you can control. You're, like, people are sick of hearing when you talk about. Dublin, you talk about. Kerry you talk about mayo It's about controlling the controllable. So that's making sure you're sleeping right Monday to Friday, making sure you're eating right, making sure you're recovering right. You know, just just taking care of your body all week long. Whereas when I was younger, I would have tried to, you know, I probably get myself tired early on the week thinking about what's coming up. And it's no, don't get me wrong. It's still important to visualize what the game is like and how you're going to play, but. You don't want to expend all your mental energy before you get there on Saturday evening. You know, really, when it all comes down to it, all that matters is kind of the 70, 75 minutes around the match Saturday evening and probably a couple hours beforehand from, from using your mental energy. But everything else outside of that is just preparing for the week. You know, look, we'll, we'll train twice. We'll train Tuesday, Friday. Tuesday, we'll just be getting our set, ball skills in, just going over what our game plan is Saturday. Friday, we're just going to get together, have a little talk. Friday is very like really I'd say very few people actually go on the pitch, and then Saturday it's just look six months or four months of training, however much that's what it's all for. So really look, the week is just about getting yourself right, whatever way you can. And I'm look again, I'm lucky. I've gone through a lot of championship years at this stage. It, I, I have I'd have a routine down, and it's just about being relaxed.
3: For someone nice as experienced as yourself, Daniel, and you've did a, a lot of championship games just keep over the years, would you think can- or excited like what's the feeling like let's say take me to Saturday morning match day a couple of hours out from from travelling to bed to take on Bendon. what's that like are you still there's butterflies in the stomach but what's the feeling like Uh, big
4: time yeah look I think you know again as you get older you start thinking more and more about the demands that football makes in your life and let's not kill anybody we're amateur players but it still demands a lot of attention and it demands a lot of discipline and it demands a lot of hard work to get yourself into a position where you can perform for your team. And that's what it's all about. And, you know, you, you, up, you weigh up the pros and cons each year of doing this and doing that. Little knocks your body has, you know, you might be in a certain place of work, you might have a girlfriend, these type of things. And really, when it comes down to it, it all pales, in my opinion, against the feeling you get playing championship for your hometown. Like, I am immensely proud Anytime I get to go out and play for Skib with my Skib jersey on, the, the couple hours beforehand, you'd be ner- I'd be as nervous now. Well, ner- nervous mightn't be the right word, actually. I would have you know butterflies and anticipation the same way now that I would have had 10 years ago. I would have probably been more nervous when I was younger just because you're going out trying to prove things and this and that. But I'm a bit more confident in myself now that it's just, it's just anticipation coming up to the game and... You know, but that doesn't that doesn't diminish it in any way. You're still just as proud. It's still great going out. You know, if you happen to play well, that's great. But what's most important is your team winning and getting over it. And those days when you get through a really tough championship game, there's nothing like it. In my in my life, I, I haven't experienced the elation that you would if you win a game by two or three points and it's been really tough. Like going back to last year, we scraped through a couple of wins, you no, know, really tough wins. And they're some of the best ones I've had in my career. And, you know, people would say, oh, that will diminish as you get older. If Anthony it's better, but as you know, you know, at this stage I push and other players on my team have done the same, you know, Ryan, Don Logue, Kevin, Mark, you know, we're all coming towards in We've all put 10 plus years in. So you understand the hard work it takes to get this point. So if anything it means more, You're you're probably more, you have more anticipation and you get a greater sense of joy after it. But like, I mean, in the couple of hours beforehand, I'm, I'm a, personally, I'm a creature of habit. Um, I would do the exact same thing. I try to wake up at the same time, have the same breakfast, have the same mid morning snack. I would listen to like the same videos, watch the same, or listen to the same podcast, watch the same videos, that type of thing. I would just be a creature of habit because it's all we're trying to, again, you'd hear about all these flow states and that type of stuff. It's just trying to, again, control what you can control as much as you possibly can because that 70 minutes, it, it can go either way. So you just want to make sure you're as prepared, the best prepared that you know you can be coming into it.
3: And what a game to kick it all off with. Right? Like it's two big West Cork towns going head to head this Saturday night, Skibberine and Bandon. What are your thoughts ahead of this game? And and even even for, for a first round game, the fact it's, it, it's, a, it's a West Cork team, it's that derby element, does that add even extra spice to the, to the whole occasion?
4: I would say it does. As it happens, my father's actually abandoned man, so i will be I'm not sure who he's going to be screaming for come Saturday night. I look football, football in West Cork, it's the closest thing you have to religion outside of outside of religion itself. So does it add an extra slice being from West Cork? Yes, I think so, but we wouldn't approach it any different if it was someone from West Cork, East Cork or North Cork. It's still it's still championship. You're still going out to try and push your best foot forward and work as hard as you can and get the result for your team. But at the same time, is it great that it's in West Cork? Yes, because, you know, especially with things opening up in COVID and you you can hopefully get people to watch it, it means a bit more of a crowd. It means some more people will have a better Saturday night. They'll enjoy themselves a bit more. But uh, look, they're banded on an up-and-coming team. Only a couple of years ago, they were junior. Now they're senior B. Like, it's an amazing achievement for them, or senior two or whatever it's called. So it's amazing achievement for them and we have to be very wary that, you know, I'm sure they're looking at us saying these guys are on the way down, they're a big skull for us to take, they'll be a big scalp, I should say. So we just have to be, we have to be wary and we, again, I said this to you last year in Northern Blue, where we are, where we've fallen in the past is when we've underestimated teams and we go out and we get absolutely hockey and that's certainly one thing we're not going to fall foul of this week, whether Whatever happens Saturday I we're not going to underestimate the challenge that Ben will bring.
3: We spoke last year, Daniel. Like and we spoke about this, it's almost a change in mindset for the for the footballers, and you could see it last year. Like he came through a tough group in the senior football, and um, great win against Michael's, hammered Knicks at the start, and then a really tough win against Ben and that Remember, um, remember that day mm-hmm. being there, and that's the kind of win that stands out for me because that game was a dogfight. fight, and that's a game that maybe in the past, like it was there was a lashing rain there, a heavy pitch, but Steve could have lost that in the past, but he came through that and he won that game, so he passed each and every test, and okay, it didn't work out in the semi-final era, open after we've seen what they've gone on to achieve, but could you take a lot of positives from, from what you showed in last year's Senior year Championship?
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. Look, on, on the large, on the large, last year was a positive year, like a lot of things worked, and a lot of things we did, we did really, really well. And I, I, we, I like, I can see a massive improvement over the last couple of years. Again, we're on, we're on an upward trajectory, and you know we want to continue that this year. But let's be honest, we we still would have analysed at the end of the year and said, so, yeah, last year was a disappointment. We were going out with at least the goal of reaching the county final, and then every and let the chips fall as it, as it may. Then, so you know, like let, look look at the championship ended after we lost by a point or two points in a rogue and they went out with the hockey mallow. Mallet. So we were we were very close to where we wanted to be but we, we still weren't where we wanted to be. So, like, we have a lot of... There are a lot of things for us to work on still from last year. Um, and it's difficult to know how how we've progressed from last year until you get into the heat of championship, because you can play league games and you can play this and that. And you might have 13 of your 15 and you might have 10 of your 15. But really, until you get the championship games and you see the white-hot white heat of, of battle, you don't really know where you're going. So we'll we'll be able to take full stock of our progress from last year to this year, you know, Saturday night, nine o'clock. So I'm just, I'm look, we've done a lot of hard work. I'm fully confident that we're in a good place. But we're not able to really see the progress we've made from last year until probably next year, you know, or or until next week. Like last year, we had a run of games, and it was great to see the progress as we went along. Like we were a markedly better team against Aero than we would have been against... Um, Ballangiri or something like that because we, we had a lot of games and a lot of a lot of game time gotten into players so hopefully we can get that running again this year and that's the great thing about the round-robin you get three games at least so it's fantastic that way
3: And about this round-robin too Daniel that first game is so important because it almost sets the move for what's going to come in, in, in the following two games get off the winning start it almost relieves some of the pressure going into the next two mm-hmm. group games but if it goes wrong in the first game all of a sudden you're, you're playing catch-up and that adds to to the pressure so I presume in the skip camp, it's going to be the straight-saving independent camp. You're targeting a win on Saturday because you want to start on the front front.
4: foot. Yeah, look, absolutely. Every game, no matter when you go out, you're you're always looking to win in championship. But I was actually thinking to myself this over the weekend, we want to win. And absolutely, it's our our number one thing to win. But Aero didn't win their first game last year. And Aero went went on to win the county. So... You know, it's, there's no get-out-of-jail-free cards or anything like that. If you don't win your first game, you're up against it because the other your destiny is out of your hands after that. So we are, we're absolutely out there to win. We're going to put our best foot forward. As far as I'm aware, we have a full deck to choose from, so there's no, you know, we won't leave any excuses at the door Saturday night. We're, we're aware that Bandon are a really strong team, and we want to go out. Yeah, look, winning winning is what it all comes down to. Is, you're never going to go in because if you don't believe you can win or if you don't go out there to win, you won't. And that's just not how we're wired. We we don't always win, obviously, but we always go out to win.
3: You mentioned earlier too, Daniel, about the kind of that experienced cohort that Skip have at the moment. There's obviously yourself, there's Dave Shannon, Donalogue, Harden, there's Kevin Davis, Ryan Price, uh, mm-hmm. who, who am I missing? Proddy Crowley, another fellow there. Um, mm-hmm. But you also have these young fellows who have come through over the last couple of years: the Dylan Horan's, the, the Sean Fitzgeralds, the Rory Burns. And David fierce, impressive, or oh, you know, like mm-hmm. go back to last season again. In, in in a couple of games, I was at, really good showing from young fellas. Like how important is that that these young fellas that are not just coming on the team, but they're starting to emerge as really leaders in the skippering team as well.
4: Uh, look, if I'm frank about it, we wouldn't be where we where we are if it if it wasn't for them. These guys they brought in a sense of vigor. They really refreshed the setup. They have a completely, you know, they're not. Bogged down or way down by ten years of championship, like we are, they come in and they're full of vitality. They're full of energy. You know, at our trainings, they're bouncing off their feet a lot of time. They're full of crack. They're full of energy. If 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 we didn't have them, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we were last year or where we are this year. That you know, really, and it happened again a lot of the games last year towards the end. of it, it was those, it was those guys driving it. Was Dylan, it was Rory, it was Sean Fitz. But even on top of that, like we have guys that are probably a year younger who even in our preseason this year I've seen crazy improvements on from, you know, Kevin Hurley, Elliot Conley, Elliot's younger brother Luke, Ocean Lucy, all of these guys, they they work really, really hard. And the great thing about them is they're full of talent, but they're not they're not willing to, to rest on that talent because talent doesn't get you anywhere today they, they back it up with hard work you know a lot of these guys that are first over trained their last lead so again from my point of view it's great to see that because whenever we do finish up and my age group finishes up it's great to know that we have these younger guys there who are willing to put in the hard work and it's a it's a bit of uh comfort for us to know that they're willing to do that
3: we're looking at this senior football championship again, as many days away from throwing. Um, it's a cracking competition. It really is. It's it's so mm-hmm. competitive with, with all the teams there. There's not much to choose be, between them. Um, how enjoyable has this revamp of the county championships been for players? Let alone are, are skib in a very competitive grade that you're capable of winning. But you also know for the next couple of weeks that you have a game this Saturday, that you have a game two weeks after that, and so on. It's really structured. So from a from a player's point of view, like you must give this the two thumbs up. Oh, absolutely.
4: Compared to, you know, the old rigmarole, you know, first round and back door and then you could be out and games were thrown this way and that. You could play one week and not play again for six or seven weeks. That used to be very difficult. But to have the game structured and play week in, week out is quite enjoyable. Now, in saying that it's great in practice, but last year, you know, we went, I think, did we... I think the, our county board might have got the fixtures mixed up towards the end um, and I'm hoping we avoid a repeat of that. You know, like last year we played, I think we played our first round, we didn't play a game for four weeks, then we played two weeks after and then we didn't play a game for five weeks, you know, so like you, it can be managed a bit better and I mean, look, I'm sure the county board are putting lots of resources to it, but it, it, you know, the it, the club season is what drives the GEA, so just trying anything that gives more enjoyment to the club player, is critical. And if you're asking me which has been one of my more enjoyable years playing football last year, without a doubt, because you're guaranteed, you know you're guaranteed at least three games. So all that training is worth it.
3: I'm really going to hear too, and I'm really reading the start away, that the other teams in the group are saying, although the Ross are favourites, that they're the, they're the big name in the group, that they're the team to beat and so on, considering what she achieved last year, and even the history of, of what Skip have done over the years, how does that mental of favourites for the group sit with sit with you, or is it something even you don't, don't even think about?
4: How does it sit? Look, it would be, I think it'd be false to say that, you know, it hasn't been mentioned at some stage within our training. Like we're, we're aware of, of that. And how would I say it sits? I wouldn't say it sits easily because as I've said before, anytime we go out with the Notion that we're going to win the game or we deserve to win a game, we get hockeyed. and you know, throughout the years, I can think of four or five occasions where that's happened. Clyde a couple of times, you know, just those type of games. We we can't afford in Skib to think that we deserve to win because then we we inevitably don't. So I would say that mantle of favorites it doesn't particularly sit easily with us. We don't, you know you don't deserve anything until after the final whistle is blown and you, you eventually, the, the better team always wins. So you deserve what you work for on the pitch in those 60 minutes or 70 minutes. And we're backing it up week in, week out. Um, it's, look, it's not something we concentrate on training at all. We don't ever mention it, you know, on Saturday night, the the title of favorites or not favorites, whether it be us or abandoned, it doesn't really matter for anything. All that matters is, is 60 minutes, 70 minutes of really, really hard work and doing the job that you're going out there to do, you know, the title of favourites, it doesn't kick a point over the bar, it doesn't score a penalty, it doesn't score a goal. It's, look, it's a nice thing to have and it's nice things for other people to think about, but it doesn't It doesn't affect any of our training, it doesn't affect any of our decision making um, and I, I, I don't expect it will at any stage.
3: And changing that mindset, like you said, and that's what Steve have, have, have achieved, that's why last season was so important too, because you kind of, you backed up Year, the talk, when you backed it up on the pitch with the performances and like I said earlier, okay, to work out against Aero, oh, but you could take a lot of positives that, that you were kind of, like a new what Jonathan Russell was emerging because we could see it last year with, with a new mindset and there was this a new, a new steel and toughness there that maybe we hadn't seen in the years before. So, is the hope now to build on that, Daniel, and even take it on a step or two further again? Ah, uh, yeah. Look, again,
4: I, I won't sit here and say we don't, our aspirations aren't, you know, to at least get very very far in this competition we we certainly want to get as least as far as we got last season if not further um i'll be up front and say to do anything less would be a a failure for our club or a failure for our senior team a failure for our management we're going out at least to get that far and then look you get to the semi-final you get to the final anything can happen after that you know the day anything can happen on the day so at least just you know, you want to work hard enough to put yourself in that position. And you're right. Last year, we saw a different side to ourselves. We we got the opportunity to, you know, work on a few things, test out a couple of players that we probably wouldn't have got if we stayed in senior A, if we're being honest, um, or if we stayed in Premier Senior or whatever it's called. So yeah, look, it's it's been it's been refreshing and it's been great to be down in senior A. We you know, it's given us opportunity. But at the end of the day. We, we still want to be a premier senior club and that's everything we're doing is working towards that.
3: And the first step of that journey starts at Bendisgarthi, six o'clock this Saturday. The very best to look for the campaign ahead, Daniel.
4: Thanks so much, Karen. Appreciate it.
3: We're joined now on the podcast by Benden, Jewel, footballer and hurler, Mark Sugru to have a look ahead to, to this weekend's game against O'Donovan Rossa. Welcome to the podcast, Mark.
1: Thank you very much.
3: Uh, like I said, you're, you're playing Skib in Ballynascartie this weekend. Pretty big game to kick off your senior A football championship. With. Um what was your f- first reaction when you saw that group draw? And um, Ben are in with Skib, Ballygirry, and Donny's. Like, it's a fairly tasty looking group.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, at the start, you were kind of half saying, did we get the toughest group?" But with the the teams in our division, oh, everyone is good. It doesn't matter who you get. Really, like Clyde last year, Donny's. And for my they were tough, three tough games as well. So it's gonna be nothing nothing different really. The only thing with Aero, I think they were probably a step above the rest of us at the time. And if you were to say who were the second best, you'd probably say Skibbereen in one way, especially with their experience being the top grade for so long, where you could say we're still the new boys just after coming up from junior intermediate, premier intermediate. So it is kind of still new to us, you know. Some, some of these people are these these teams, even Donnies are seasoned campaigners now. So we have a, a lot of tough work ahead of us the next few weeks. Like I said,
3: it's this Saturday, You're kicking it off against Skib. And what a game to kick it off Like you said, Skib one of the top teams in last year's senior football championship. They were down to Arrow, obviously went on, went on to win it. So what sort of challenge would you expect in of Skib this weekend?
1: Oh, a massive challenge, yeah. Oh, even the minute the draw was made, Skib, you would have put down as the toughest, the best team, as I said, in our group. and. Trying to get a result against them, it would be tough, but to be fair, training's been going well there the last few weeks. Lads are working hard. Obviously, they have some marquee forwards, some tough backs. They're midfield, they seem to be strongers. It's hard to pinpoint, even their goalkeeper, it's hard to pinpoint any weakness in Skibbereen's team. You know, the odd team you'd say is we could target them or we could target this area, but at the moment, there doesn't seem to be much of a weak spot About what I've seen in skibberine recent years anyway.
3: Does it help focus the minds off for Brendan, the fact that you're you're kicking off to this year's Senior A Football Championship with a game against a, a tough team like Odin Arasa?
1: Definitely, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what you want, really. It's better than playing... Uh, in, when we were junior intermediates, you, you always looked up to these teams like Skibbereen, Ross Carberry, all these senior teams in West Cork, thinking, why couldn't we be up there with them? So it's a great it's a great thing to get us focused at the start. And to be honest, the way the hurling and football has gone the last few weeks, that's what you kind of need to start off really with. Charlottesville was our first hurling game last year and to get the mindset for that as well was kind of stood to us to get 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 out of the groups in both hurling and football. So I think it's a positive thing, really, to be honest.
3: And it, it almost shows, too, the journey that bending football has been on over the last couple of years. Obviously, we've been in the county junior A, what is it, five, six, seven years ago now, but so many bending players would have played junior against O'Donovan and Rossa and now, a couple of years on, the likes of Pep Prendergast and so on, going to be playing um senior A football championship against of Rassa's first team. So it almost highlights the journey that Bannon football has had.
1: Yeah, it's mad, yeah. So my, my first year in 2010, junior junior A, we lost a clan, I think our first round and our backdoor game was against O'Donovan Rassa and we lost that as well. So my first my first taste of you could say adult football in Bannon was two losses and one was O'Donovan Rassa. So it is it is a big step up from where we came from. We still have Pat um Darren Crowley, Peter many, uh, I know we've lost a few a few big names in the last few years even just this year alone James O'Donovan will be a huge loss to us. he's um he's since I've been there he's been like our main leader there calling everything from the back and sorting us all out to wake me up the game so you would miss him around the place and even Owen O'Donovan has gone living in Kerry now so he's another huge loss and and Crowley's gone traveling for the year as well so we're down a few senior players right but in fairness some of the new lads that we have coming in they're training hard. They're willing to make the 15 really. Like a fellow like Tim Tuig there, he's not long at a secondary school there and he's really putting his shoulder to wheel to us. So. And Dylan O'Donovan, I think people saw a taste of him last year as well. He's a great, great little player as well. So hopefully we can lend this our new team. It'll be, it'll be a tough start, but as I said, they're working hard. They're fitting into our setup, no bother, and always wanting to learn, which is great.
3: When you're looking at the first game of of a group stage like this, it's always important to try and get off to the best possible start. And thinking back to last year, Benton, I think you beat Clyde Rovers in your in your first game and you got that win that didn't stick to you to get out of the group and progress to the quarterfinals. So, how important is it to try and get off to a good start this weekend?
1: No, that was massive, yeah. To be honest, that was kind of a shock for us and Clyde, I'd say, to have a winning margin like that. I think we were up one uh, eight, one nine to two points at halftime, something like that. And to be honest, no one saw that coming. And after that, it kind of went downhill a bit because we kind of only barely got out of the group then because we, we drew with Donnie's and we lost her from high, So it's like you think you're on a high, but as I said, the standard of the teams in this grade now, like there's no there's no easy games. So even if Skibbereen beat us, like who's going to say to the may are going to beat Skibbereen the next day or Bellinger are going to beat it's, it it is very tough to call.
3: This probably is the most competitive grade that there is there. Like when you think of the Premier Senior Football Championship, there's still a group within a the group there of teams that realistically can win that championship. But when you look at the Senior of football, like you could throw a blanket over all the teams in it because it's hard to pick a winner. And this year especially, because there's not much between the teams, Mark.
1: No, exactly, yeah. And especially the preparation that teams have had. Uh, the change in league, the league system this year as well, that we only had... We had three league games, I think. It was divided into two little groups and the top two came out in each group. So everyone is it's different for everyone preparation and stuff but it's it who said this premier premier senior there's two or three teams you could say are going to win it possibly four but in our grade it wouldn't be a surprise if anyone won it really realistically
3: and uh big news event in this year is back in the, the football hot seat what's it like having colin back in there obviously great success come back years ago helping you get out of the junior and climbing up that ladder what's uh what does colin bring to the table
1: Oh, it's great to pull him back, yeah. In fairness, I think, I, I, I don't know what he'd say this now, but I'd say he was always going to come back to, to our team in uh, uh Having him, we had two stints with him in junior, and even the year we, we won the West Cork, the first year with him, and we lost to Kentork I think, in the semi final. And just the organisation he has, everything is laid out. Uh, even when we came back after lockdown training, we were given a text, these are the dates we're training, lads, these are the matches, work around your holidays. And in fairness, if you're if you're going away or anything with family, or so you just let him know, and he is very understanding. But the way he he kind of sets everything up, I think hurling and football realistically, because when things are so well organised in and football, the hurling has to be the exact same, you know, because people you don't want to drop your standards. So it is great having Colin back, yeah, and he he has great ideas and everything. In fairness, yeah. And you
3: mentioned the hurling there, and this was mentioned as as a dual club. You're about to hit a really busy period, Mark, and. Um, obviously football this weekend then the weekend after looking at it's is a and on, on the 11th is your opening um hurling game so it's going to come go, ticking fast over the next couple of weeks but it was almost the same last year with the, the first year of of these um uh, these new look uh county championships what did you learn from last year juggling hurling football that you can apply to this year uh
1: sports recovery is a big thing uh the The system is brilliant. In fairness, I know it's a bit tighter now again with the with um lockdown and stuff. But if you had an extra week off between them, I think it's the ideal scenario really because we're playing games constantly. And I think just that extra break you you'll be playing four in a row. I think again this year four weeks in a row and then we have a week off and then there's another two. And then if you get out of the group, you have to play the week after again and the week after that again. So we actually had four and four last year. So by the end of it. You could say I'd say we ran out of steam a bit in fairness. People were open their feet, but uh hopefully we're a bit fitter this year, hopefully, in these news of some of the new lads breaking into our team. Hopefully they'll have no fear and they'll just go for it. Hopefully.
3: You've talked a couple times about this injection of youth, How important is that for Ben? And like you said, the likes of James Donovan. No, he's he's playing with the road, the road bowling, in fairness, to him, he's true to the true to the, the the county final, the monster final there, like he's doing great stuff, but to get those young players through like that's so important for Benin football going forward that you can bring in these young lads, give them a taste of year football against the likes of Ben Donnie's and, and Benigni, and that'll it's it's a part of that conveyor belt that keeps turning out the players
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, James, is, yeah, he's playing it in the bowling or Was that two, the two, two of his scores there the last few weeks? And the football was holding him back. I'd say the last few years there'll be no stopping you now. I'd say, um, really, uh, probably this, uh, how would you say? Realistically, I suppose, injecting youth in, you'd like to have one or two brought in every year if you had the ideal scenario, really. Like, But like our team, since I've been playing, it's been the same 12, 13 players hurling in football, roughly. And this year and last year is the first two years, really, that there's been a massive change in, in players or overturning players. So, But that's not a bad thing either, I suppose, getting thrown into the deep end. You just have to learn the tough way. Whether you win or lose, it'll be a learning curve for all of us this year again. And hopefully we'll build another jewel team in the coming, the coming 12 months 24 months
3: and as a player how much are you looking forward to the next couple of weeks obviously there wasn't much at the start of the year like there was lockdown and so on then, then we got back on the field and we had the, the revamped county leagues which were smaller than what we're used to but now we're coming into championship season like is it is there, is, would there be nervous before the, before the game like would you get the championship haircut like what's, what's it like before looking forward to a busy couple of weeks of action
1: Ah uh, yeah, just don't be if you if you didn't have nerves going to every game, there'd be something wrong with you really like because you you want to win, you want to perform, you want to help out your teammates. It's not about you, it's about 1,500 people or the extra five or six who come on. Uh, I don't know, the the way the training has been going, in fairness, has been people have been all our lads have been working very hard. It is it is hard to juggle the hurling and football realistically because you're doing hurling Tuesday, football Thursday, and then you'd have a football match and it'd be vice versa the week after. So there probably isn't the same amount of time to get fit realistically that we missed out in Monday or January, February, March, April. Like People have were doing things at home, but you do, you do need to be together really to be pushing each other on. And there's nothing like a bit of camaraderie there in your training. And when people are resting, everyone seems to be driving each other on. So that is the only downside I would say to this year, but everyone's looking forward to playing championship. Yeah, that's what you want. The league games are good to get going, but there's nothing like championship games.
3: And I know this is probably a cliche, but considering the schedule of games that you've come up in both football and hurling, is it really one game at a time? Like, you can't look past um, skip this week and even cast the mind to, OK, we've to Hurling the following Saturday. You really have to just live in the moment and focus on the next game, the next game, the next game.
1: Yeah, more so for dual clubs, I, dual clubs, I think, really, because you're literally going from jumping from one to another. At least if you were just doing football, you'd be playing this week and you'd have a two-week break so you could say right if we have any injuries this week we have two or three weeks to get them back so you are kind of planning for those games but when you're playing every week you literally have to see how people are Monday and Tuesday the day after and see plan for that week then who do I have who do I not have was this fella going well was this fellow is he better coming on do you know it's you do there's no other way to do it you have to go week by week
3: finally, so, and just to come back to, to, the, to the young banding players coming through, and it's great to see them coming through. As one of the more experienced lads, Mark, have you found yourself almost taking on this mantle of just showing them the ropes and so on? Like, you've been there, you've done that, you've won counties, and you've achieved so much, but when you have know, these young fellas coming through, they're probably looking up to you and, and the older guys and because you've achieved so much. So would you kind of take a hands-on role and kind of just help them settle into life at football and learning at this level?
1: Mm, I suppose, yeah, but as we still as I said, we still have a few lads older than me, like Darren Crowley, Pat Prendergast, uh Keenomanny, Peter Murphy. There's still a lot of people. They'd be nearly the the more leaders, talkers, than me, really, realistically, especially Pat Prendergast. he's he's been playing for I don't know how long, and people have seen what he's done and his commitment to the J. He's he's actually even tra- helping us out, training us in hurling this year because it was hard to get management at the start. So He's giving everything to us. So I think he's the main fellow people look up to, I'd say, in our club realistically. Yeah.
3: I, think that, I, I don't know if Pat does the to so the Pat hanging up his boots anytime soon. Like I'm not sure how many seasons he's gone on. But, but it's incredible to see someone like him coming back year after year after year because it's such a great example for everyone.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. Even, even I was talking to him last night there, even the soccer club are trying to get him back for games as well. So they see they see what they're missing when he's not playing playing in between the sticks for them as well. But he, he obviously loves it yeah and I suppose he always says the younger people coming through keeps him entertained and he enjoys getting out in the open and you'd often see his kids down watching us training as well now so kind of a family thing for him as well I
3: oh, know great stuff no, brilliant no. best of luck this Saturday you kick off against Stephen Ive a couple of busy weeks ahead so I hope it all works out for you Mark
1: cheers thanks a million
0: we all have dreams but dreams by their very nature can be difficult to achieve that's where Access Credit Union comes in Whether it's going to college, owning a car or building your dream home, your local credit union can help you to fulfil your dreams. Access Credit Union. Funding dreams for over 50 years.
2: The Irish Offshore Rowing Championships take place this weekend and are being hosted by Bantry Rowing Club. In a few moments, we're going to hear from Diarmid Murphy and Andrew Hurley, who are both involved in organising this event. But Kieran, before we hear from the two lads, maybe give us a bit of an insight into what offshore rowing is, as opposed to the rowing that we've all become so familiar with over the last number of years.
3: Yeah, offshore rowing, um, should not be confused with river rowing. And river rowing is synonymous with Paula Dunneville and Fintan McCarthy, and Skibbereen Rowing Club. Um, River rowing is two kilometres straight lane, A to B, as fast as you can, as Andrew Hurley will will explain to us now quite soon as well, with offshore rowing, it's from A to B to C to D as fast as you can. So it's out on on the high waves. It's a four kilometer course. There's there, there's turns there. It's not straight lanes. There's fierce excitement in 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 these these races. So um, it's great that these these national championships are being held in Bantry and hosted by Bantry uh, um, by Bantry Rowing Club. And um, it's really cool for the club to bring these championships here because we'll have clubs from all over the country, travelling down to Bentry, travelling down to West Cork and batting it out for All-Ireland honours. And there's a couple of, of Olympians um, taking part as well, as far as I know, and Monica Dukarska and, and Ronan Byrne will be in, in different boats. So it's going to be a very exciting couple of days of action this Saturday and Sunday and the likes of Andrew Hurley. He's a very experienced rower himself as well. He's represented um, his club at at world level at at a couple of um, coastal road championships over the years. And he's also the regatta secretary this weekend. So he's he's a very busy couple of days on offer. But it promises to be super, super couple of... Super Saturday and Sunday—it's a—it's a big event. Uh, Bentry Roan Club have put out all the stops, and um, they feel really confident that they will put on a good show, and i have i no doubt they will. Um, there's some really, really good people in, involved in that club and involved in, in organising this event, and the whole town of Bentry has got behind the Championships too, which which is great to see. So, as you'll hear now from Andrew, from Andrew and Dearman, they're really excited about what this weekend will offer. Uh, huge weekend of rowing in the Offing in Bantry this weekend. as Bantry Rowing Club is hosting the Swift Irish Offshore Championships on Saturday and Sunday. Huge event for 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 Bantry Rowing Club and for the local sporting um, for the local sporting circles. I'm delighted to be joined by two of the men involved in organising this this huge event. Um, Regatta director Dermot Murphy and Regatta secretary Andrew Sheehan. Welcome to the podcast, lads. Thanks, I'm going to come to you Thanks very much. first, Andrew. This is the, the Irish Offshore Rowing Championships. It's one of the, the big events of the year. But can you explain to us first and to our listeners what offshore rowing is and, and how it differs from what we've seen in the Olympics and a couple of weeks back? Yeah,
5: absolutely. So um, offshore rowing falls under Rowing Ireland as well. But it, whereas our river rowing and the Olympic lads, they kind of took on the narrower boats, Offshore rowing is the, the wilder cousin. So the boats are wider. They're still sculling, so it's an oar on each hand. But the race distance and the type of race is very different. So Paula and Finton down a straight lane, A to B as fast as you can. For the offshore, it's a 4K course. It's not a straight line. There's wide turns. There's is as a lane. It's a case of navigation is a huge part of the racing. And um, So it's double the Olympic distance. So Olympics is 2K. This is 4K. And it's A to B to C to D as fast as you can. And there can be a little bit of tussling with getting our own markers and turns. Um, and there's four main events, the single, double, quad, and then there's also a mixed double. And we're excited for the Irish Championships because we're the first year to bring in the under 18 quad as well.
3: Like you said, there, like it's it's a four k course. It's twice as long as as what viewers and listeners would have seen in, in the Olympics. But there's so much involved. Like there's so much excitement when it comes to offshore rowing as well, because the the race can ebb and flow. There's twists and turns. Like each race is a story in itself.
5: Absolutely, and with drone technology now, people can really get stuck in and see these races. But I mean, if you can get a camera on a turn. It's, it's like watching race car driving, really, or watching mountain biking. There's a lot going on. You can really see people trying to figure out how do I pick this line going in, this line going out, and how do I maybe avoid a collision here and pick that perfect line, take into account the tide, and when you get hit by a wave in one of these boats, you know it.
3: Dear Andrew, mentioned it there as well about offshore rowing coming under the wrong Ireland umbrella in the last couple of years. And offshore rowing is a sport too, and a rowing discipline that's growing and growing. It's getting stronger and stronger. Have you noticed noticed that yourselves that there's a lot more interest in offshore rowing these last couple of years?
6: Definitely. Um, like we've been at it for a number of years. Andrew has been away to the World Championships, representing us. I think four or five times this stage, which has given club a huge profile with it really, and we kind of veering towards offshore at the moment. Like um, as Andrew was saying, there's a lot more to it than just throwing flat out in a straight line for 2K. I mean, I've been out in races where the likes of Andrew, who's a lot younger than I am. Only two races within a race. And there's a lot of skill and a bit of cuteness involved as well and using the waves, the wind and everything. So, you know, if You're rowing in a six-lane race in Nascara and you're you're not as fit as a younger guy, he's gonna destroy you if he's technically as good as you, or whatever. Whereas here you can, you know, you can get a lucky break, lucky wave, and puts everybody in with a chance, you know, and it's it's um it's better fun, I think, to be honest with you. There's a great crack at it. Um and you get some very exciting venues, you know. including Bantry, obviously.
3: And and like we said as well, or I might never said it yet, but offshore rowing has been tipped for the Olympics in, in the next couple of cycles, which is very exciting as well. So it's a discipline of rowing. That people in West Cork and beyond are going to become very, very familiar with over the next couple of years. And this weekend, it's right here on our doorstep. It's in Bentry. It's going to be an incredible spectacle. Uh, do you ever talk to me about for Bentry Rowing Club to host the Irish Championships? Like, how, how big a deal is this, and how much of a coup is it for the club? Well, oh, it's a great honour to be honest with you. Um, we hosted a, a regatta at the event last year. We deployed before then, but last
6: year was our. We were kind of more concerned about having a good venue to do it because we know the harbour itself is is a great venue. We've hosted big events like the the Challenge there in the past over 10 days. And, you know, we, we're not afraid to run big events there, but to have the national titles, the, the championships coming here is our, look, we're delighted to host it. I mean, we have a huge local support, on-water support, which is the main thing, really, um, to run a, a good quality and a safe event, you know. Um, and all the local guys with boats and ribs and everything, they're all on board. Um, and like, you know, people in town are delighted. It's great. We're really, really happy with it. And like to have a few of the, I suppose the Fresh Olympians coming in, participating in a number of the events as well, it gives it a little bit of a better profile. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great for town. And uh, you can see the hotels and everything else like that, restaurants and everything are getting a lot of inquiries and it's good, you know, the business is kind of, is that side of it as well, you know, that um the, the greater community, Benefit,
3: from it, I suppose. In some ways, and also have the um, have such a high-profile event on the doorstep. You know, like I said, it's great that it, it's here. On, on, like you said, there, Jim, it's it's here on our on our back door. It's on our doorstep. It's a national championship, and and you um, you are a roar as well. Like you're going to be double-jobbing next weekend, with the, as well as being so much involved in the organising and the running running of the event. Yeah, you'll be racing as well. Talking about the course, it's a four K course. What can roars expect in Bantry this weekend?
5: Um, With Bantry, because the area is relatively sheltered, it it gets quite compressed. There's a few nice wind channels coming in. So if anybody hasn't done a bit of practicing rough water, they're in for a bit of a surprise. But the course itself is in Bantry Inner Harbour. So we've got a lot of landmarks. So the course itself starts at the Bantry Aerodrome, Bantry Airstrip. So it's one of the largest venues ever offered in, I think, in any rowing regatta ever really in Ireland. Plenty of space, so from a COVID-19 perspective, we couldn't be safer at the location. But the course runs from the airstrip right into the heart of the harbour. The first turn, all the boats will be turning with Bantry House in the background, straight over towards Whitty Island. If anybody's on Whitty Island having a pint, they'll be able to see boats flying past. Then it's a zigzag back up, and the last leg of the course comes pretty much parallel to the airstrip. So it'll pretty much look, if, if there was a plane landing, they'd be landing right over the boats. So it should be a good challenging course, but a very fair one. There's no obstacles on the course anything like that so if if anybody makes any mistakes it's on them
3: and andrew from a local point of view are there many bench rowers taking part
5: a lot of our rowers this time around have kind of leaned into the volunteer role so we have a good lot of adult rowers who mightn't be at the level of the the top medalists so we've kind of made the choice this year that a lot of them have said right for the good of the event they're going to lean towards volunteering so i think we have couple in the men's single including myself we have a mixed double um but we are our, our men's squad and women's squad have graciously said they're going to make sure it's a well-run event and we'll come in to wreck the heads of the the clubs running it next year instead
3: andrew what is it about offshore rowing that attracts you
5: initially it was transitional so i spent a lot of time on the riverside of rowing came out of the sport for a bit and getting back into sport isn't that easy because it's kind of a seven day a week commitment offshore rowing offered me something different the the race courses were different it wasn't Inniscar or Blessington every time we were going to places like Bantry various coastal areas around the country I hadn't been before and coming in with a a river sculling background I was coming up against these guys who maybe didn't scull as well but for some reason they were kicking my butt because they could read the waves they could figure out how to get around course turns so I slowly I got nabbed after my first race and I haven't looked back since And we're starting to see that a lot, where you have guys maybe who've transitioned out of the sport are coming back into offshore. And now the juniors are starting to come up through that as well. And you have a lot of river clubs, like Sid have a fantastic women's program. We're seeing Shandon come into the mix now. And a lot of river clubs are finding out that these offshore boats not only allow you a way to do more racing, they facilitate training. So they're a great training boat. And should the events go towards the Olympics, then they've gotten the bandwagon good and early.
3: It's brilliant. It all sounds fantastic. And, David, as well, it was mentioned earlier that that Bantry held, you could almost call it the pilot event last year, kind of an offshore regatta to set the scene for this year. How important was that in 2020 to run that regatta and almost get the feel of what this weekend will be like?
6: I suppose last year it was very important in two ways, because, I suppose, firstly, um, we were the only other regatta, offshore regatta held outside of the Port McGee Championships to the offshore championships that were held in Port McGee so it gave a lot of the crews kind of a, a race before the champs which was great and it made sure that the event was fairly well attended and that then um, gave us a good idea how things were going to go for us this year we, we kind of put a lot of time into it last year um, like I said earlier we're not, we're not afraid to run events we're able to do it but then you know it's a new uh, it's a new kind of discipline for us to host and we were very very happy with it to be honest with you because the space under, like Andrew said um we've been kindly donated the space by Royal Pharmaceuticals in Bantry um they have shut down the aerodrome for three days it's a it's a, an official aerodrome so they have to do that um and they've been more accommodating and the space we have down there is huge so we can all the crews would have their own space we trialled it last year it worked we have a few things to tweak not an awful lot um but you know we were happy with it and certainly doing it last year was you know you, again like We'd rather make the mistakes last year than this year, you know. Um, but we're, we're confident enough that you know um, we've got a lot of planning done, and we've been working very hard with the the offshore committee from Rowing Ireland that Andrew's also on. There's a bit of overlap, and um, we've met a few times, and we have our list, of boxes to tick, and we're getting through those, so we're quite happy with it.
3: And logistic wise too, Dermot like there, there's an awful lot involved in hosting an event like this. So talk to us too a small bit about where are clubs coming from? What's the spread of clubs like um who are taking part this weekend and, and even how much is involved behind the scenes to run an event like this? Because we'd see the results this weekend when all the action takes place, like the sensational action in Bantry, like it'll be a weekend to remember. But like we won't see all the hard work that you've done in the background. So even how far out did you start planning for this?
6: I suppose your last question answers that. that uh, well, initially, that we, we had a crack at it last year. Um, and then we realised, look, OK, we can do this and we can do it on a larger scale. And um, like Andrew also mentioned as well, we have a lack of rowers this year because we realised the importance of having people, we'd we'll say like beach masters, that have to do the safety checks before they go on the water. These guys have to be rowers that they know what to look for. Um, as I said safety is very very important all the guys driving the ribs on the water all rowers as well, going back to my my dad's vintage who's in his mid 70s, we've one or two lads out in ribs there as well that have been rowing for Bantry since the club's foundation all these guys would have rowed the gigs, everything else in the past the alls. we have the knowledge is there to run a good event and all these guys have been used to doing it so we've sacrificed our roars to run the event really I suppose in many ways Um so look, we're kinda of happy that the guys on the ground um you know they have they have the mileage. So we we'll run a good event, I guess, based on that alone.
3: And Andrew, I almost loaded too much in in Deirdre's question there, but just uh, just for you, um clubs from around the country, who can we expect to travel on to venture this weekend? Um
5: so we haven't kind of kind of from four corners. So there is a significant number of clubs coming from Northern Ireland. So the strongholds like Donegal Bay, Lockhurst Point, Older Fleet, and Kilnasilla would be some of the stronger clubs up north. Then as you go east, we have Arklow, Wicklow. Um, There is a few smaller clubs that are building and building. And then the real stronghold of density of clubs is South West Cork and South Kerry. So you'll have Bantry, you'll have Myros, you'll have Castletown Bear, you'll have Ring Rowing Club. Um, Ross Carberry, and there a lot of these clubs are coming to us with eight, nine, ten crews, whereas a few years ago they might come at the chance with a quad race or a quad. Now they're coming at us with two quads, three mixed doubles, five or six single scholars from a club. So it's just exploded.
3: Like this sport, we've, we've said in this chat, it's grown bigger and bigger. So can we lay the gauntlet down now, Andrew, to, to Paul and Finton? If they really want to prove their worth, they really need to go offshore racing, don't they?
5: Absolutely, absolutely, and look, they won everything else now. So let's put it down. Entry's close tonight, lads. So let's see, let's see what happens.
6: Andrew, they might they might, they might
5: sneak in yes before tonight. Yeah, um, but no, the lads are aware of this style of rowing. Would have they would have seen it in the past as well. And some of their Olympic um, teammates are going to be racing with us now um, at the championships as well. So. Hopefully they'll be seen, and like that there's there's a variation on this sport called Beach Sprinting, which might be heading for the Olympics by twenty twenty eight it's it's I'm not the person to make that call by any means, but if it does go to the Olympics,
3: then you're going to see an awful lot of off appearing. And the great thing this weekend is that local people can can watch it all unfold in Bentry in terms so. Of- of fans attending the event, what, is there any protocols in place for that, uh, or what's the what's the state of play if someone from kind of is listening to this and they are saying, okay, I want to get the event introduced begin to watch that? What's the best piece of advice for them?
5: So officially, it's a no spectator event under current COVID guidelines. However, because the course covers so much of the bay, people can safely watch the race from various points of the but The venue itself will be closed to athletes. And to, to coaches. So, unfortunately, this year we can't go inviting people down. If somebody does come down, there is probably a space that they can kind of view race from a corner, but we'll be asking people to not come down their droves. Unfortunately, this time we'll just have to bring it back again in a few years and do it all again. I
3: oh, know it's going to be a spectacular event this weekend. Just wish everyone involved in the organising the very, very best of luck, and we'll catch up again soon.
0: The Star Sport podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years.
2: Okay, Kieran, before we wrap up this week's podcast, let's quickly take a look at what readers can expect in this Thursday's Southern Star sports section. I've seen a preview of the front page with a pretty nice headline, I have to say myself. So, what else can readers look forward to this weekend?
3: Uh, it's worth congratulating now the Cork Senior Camogie team,
2: who are true to the
3: All-Ireland Final. They, they pulled off a of shock, they beat the Cats, they dethroned Kilkenny uh, in sensational style last Sunday. Linda Collins, the, the Cork captain, disappointed to be dropped from the first 15. She was sprung from the bench late on and she scored a winning point in the 63rd minute. So um, brilliant result for Cork. they true to the All-Ireland Final now where they'll take on. Galway in uh, I think it's September twelfth that game is on. Um, the only negative, and it is a big negative, um, is Orla Cronin was sent off late in the day. That's Inneskeen's Orla Cronin. She was sent off in the fifty seventh minute. Um, so it's going to we have to wait and see what happens now. Um, uh, Cork are waiting on the referee's report and they'll take it from there. But such a shame because Orla Cronin. I think she's played. 80 championship games, or or sorry, 80 games for a car. She's only had six bookings um, ever. And for for her to get sent off, it's just um, very disappointing for her. So we'll have to wait and
2: see. Let's be honest. Like, when was the last time a player sent off in an All-Ireland semi-final actually missed the final? Just the way, I know it's uh, the Camogie Association as opposed to the the GAA, but these things generally just get brushed under the carpet and the star players all all make their way out for the final. So it's almost like uh, they should almost... Uh, institute a rule whereby if you are sent off in a semi-final it doesn't matter because eventually there will be a big appeals process they will bring in the big the big hitting solicitors who will find a loophole and fingers crossed as you say we'll see Orla Cronin on the biggest stage because that's where she deserves to be
3: Oh, hopefully like Orla it's, it's, it's an all-star camogie player she makes this Cork team tick she's a, she's just a class act on and off the field so fingers crossed and toes crossed it all works out for Orla over the next couple of days ahead of the, the Ireland final so with we that um, we'll um, I was saying there about a Castlehaven and Nemo Rangers, we have a two-page spread on that County uh, Premier Senior Football final. We also have a lot of interviews with um, ahead of the, the big throw into the County Senior Championships this, this weekend. I caught up cut with Thomas Clancy, Clancy um, of Clonacilty ahead of their game against Ireland Rovers. I've talked to Jason Qualley of Ireland Rovers, their manager, Joe um, McCarthy spoken to Jerry O'Riordan the Carbery Rangers captain ahead of their game against Aero. Oak We also uh, also have interviews with the Downies manager, the the, the ben- Bentry Blues manager, Colm Cronin, and, and more. So a lot to for j f n to sink their teeth into in this Thursday Southern Star. We've we've all the news as well from the the local Carbery uh, Junior A uh, hurling and football There's a a good few games last weekend. So, a lot going on there. Huge weekend, too, for, for local bowlers at the All Ireland Road Bowling Championships up in um, up in Armagh last weekend. And Hannah Sexton won her fourth All Ireland underage road bowling title. Um, Hannah's from Timber League. She's won, it's now 216 and 218 All Ireland titles. Um, so she's an incredible talent, not only in road bowling, but she GA as well. She was part of the, the Cockbiner Komogi team that won. Um, the other Camogie title a couple of years back, so so that's there. So and and also um, Emily Hegarty was presented with a West Cork Sports Star of the Month award at the Celtic Ross Hotel last Wednesday night, and had a quick catch up with her after. Um, and even though Jack, she's taken some deserved downtime after her Olympic bronze medal win in Tokyo. After only a couple of weeks off the water, she's just itching to get back on it. And I think that's almost a, a kind of a, a, a peek behind the curtain at the mentality of athletes at that level. They just can't, they just find it hard, I think, to step outside the bubble. She's looking forward to getting back in the water this month, getting getting back rowing, um, getting back into the National Rowing Centre and doing what she does best. So congrats to Emily on winning her, her West Cork Sports Star Award. And so there's that interview with Emily and a lot, lot more in resist there.
2: And, as always, if you can't make it to the shops, you can always purchase the Southern Star digital edition via our website or app. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can read the Southern Star and the Southern Star sports section for less than €2 per week. Absolute bargain. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Slantommel.